According to a new report, White House staffers believe that President Biden's handling of the war in Ukraine and the Hamas attack on Israel could define his legacy. Said Biden, oh good, so not the bike thing? Or the sandbag thing? Or the wandering off the stage thing? Or the not doing press conferences thing? Or I, I don't know, the millions and millions crossing the border illegally thing? Where do you even draw the line with this guy? Well, he's not good about drawing lines or borders or anything. And welcome to Friday. It is a a Friday, the final Friday of 2023. Mike Opelka, my name, in for my friend Chris Plant. 312 days away from the most important election in our lifetimes. If you listen to the Democrats, and I, I hope you listen to them just to know what they're up to. You have to make sure you know what they're up to. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, honestly. They are up to no good. Shenanigans is, is, is the lightest thing you could say. And yesterday we got another, another glimpse of what the Democrats are planning for 2024. I do believe they're going to attack our democracy Yes, I said their Democrats are going to attack our democracy. See, anytime they're they're accusing you of doing something, they're likely doing it themselves. One finger point at you, three point right back at themselves. There's plenty of proof. But yesterday, Maine State, the state of Maine, the Secretary of State declared Donald John Trump to be invalid invalidated him on the ballot, stripping him from Maine's ballot. And since then, it's almost like it's a coordinated media tour. She's been everywhere. She was on MSNBC. She's on CNN. She has a YouTube post that she put out. Wow, this little state and its secretary of state. I I wonder if there's any evidence that she is a George Soros funded, sponsored person. She was not elected. She is an appointee by the state legislature. I'm sure Stephen King is happy about this. He's a big guy up there in Maine. But uh, she was on CNN this morning. And uh, she has this weird, in my opinion, this very weird smile. She's giddy about this. Sheena Bellows was explaining why... Why she had to do this. Why she had to strip Donald Trump. It sounds like she's actually bragging about doing this. Again, I am so mindful, and I I said this in my decision, uh, that it is unprecedented. No secretary of state has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. But no presidential candidate has ever engaged in insurrection and been disqualified under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. So still no president has been convicted of engaging in an insurrection, and yet you claim that you're, you're doing this based on that. So that, that should be invalidated. She should be removed from office, in my opinion. And it appears that one of the Democrats in the state 
who represents Maine in the House of Representatives, is already pushing for that. So we may see that move forward. Democrat Tulsi Gabbard, that's right, Democrat, even though she says she's abandoned the party, I I think she's still a Democrat. Democrat Tulsi Gabbard appeared on uh, Fox News yesterday talking about this. She was on with Pete Hexit last night and asked what she thought about this news out of Maine, the unilateral removal of Donald Trump from a primary ballot. Tulsi? I think it's really important, Pete, for every single American who's seeing this news alert popping up to recognize how dangerous this is. You have a secretary of state who is a known partisan, who is known to be against Trump. She supported the impeachment of Trump, single-handedly making this decision to say the former president cannot be on the ballot, taking away our right as voters in this country to decide who we want to serve as our next president and commander-in-chief. You take away the party labels, you take away the names of Trump versus Biden, recognize how dangerous this is, where if this is allowed to stand, one person, one person gets to take away the voices and the rights of every single American to engage in our democratic process. That is literally what is at stake here. So whether people like Trump or don't like Trump or like Biden, don't like Biden, that's not the point here. If you're a Democrat or Republican, now is the time that we as Americans must stand up for our democratic process in this country and our right and our voices to decide our future. It's great to hear Democrats supporting common sense. It's great to hear Democrats actually saying this is a bad idea. But we need a lot more of them. Right now, it's uh, about a handful. You wouldn't have to take your mittens off to count the Democrats. Nationally recognized Democrats are standing up. The silence of Nancy Pelosi is deafening, is it not? They're too busy dancing, I'm sure. Hakeem Jeffries, dead silent on this. They're too busy dancing. It's really interesting. It's brave of Tulsi Gabbard, although I think... The party doesn't want to have anything to do with her. And for everybody saying she should be Trump's running mate, I'm, I'm sorry. I think that's a really bad idea. <laughs> I, I think she's, she's a smart lady. I respect her greatly for her service in our military. But I don't think she'd be a loyal supporter of uh, the Make America Great plan from Donald Trump. And I firmly believe, I've made this prediction before, that she's going to be Robert Kennedy's running mate. I think Kennedy would get a lot more attention if uh, she were his running mate. And we'll see. We'll see what happens if Kennedy even gets to the finish line. Although uh, earlier this morning, I saw a video from Kennedy where he's pushing us to get involved in another, another war. Basically he wants us to jump on board and uh, support the Armenians. Aren't we in enough kinetic military operations at this point? I'm just throwing that out there. Just, you know, offering that suggestion that maybe we don't need to be embroiled in yet another conflict. We'll find out. The uh, situation in Israel and the war against the terrorist Hamas took a sad turn yesterday as the second American was reported dead. Now, The lady who was acknowledged as being killed by Hamas was killed on October 7th. 
And she is the wife of the 70-year-old man who we heard about last week, the first American hostage killed by Hamas. And his body was turned over. But I don't know why Hamas is hanging on to this lady's body. She was killed October 7th. So now you have two dead Americans, American citizens, two dead American citizens. And you still have eight, maybe nine Americans being held hostage by Hamas. And Joe Biden's biggest announcement today will be how much SPF he's going to have in his, uh, his sunscreen, whether it's going to be a 20 or 30 to protect him against the sun in St. Croix. It's disgusting to me. And meanwhile, uh, squad member Rashida Tlaib has called Benjamin Netanyahu a genocidal maniac. And at the same time today in Boston, headline in the newspaper, a headline in the newspaper calls Netanyahu 2023's biggest war criminal. So you, you now have our greatest ally in the Middle East under attack by uh, mem- members of Congress. Tlaib represents several voices within the squad who are saying the same thing, I'm sure, telling her, you go, girl. And you have a major newspaper in a major American city calling Benjamin Netanyahu 2023's biggest war criminal. And then in New York City yesterday afternoon, a pretty large protest outside the World Trade Center in New York City, pretty large, big enough to block the entrance. Now, remember, this is on the same land where the September 11th attacks occurred in 2001. Uh, that's where they, they staged their protest yesterday. Hundreds of people blocking the entrance to the World Trade Center the day after they blocked the entrance to a major New York airport. At what point is it going to be viewed as these people are actually breaking the law? Protesting is one thing. But when you're blocking a major thoroughfare into a major traffic airline hub, and now you're blocking a building, you've blocked access to hospitals. I remember when Chris Christie, I'm not defending Chris Christie, but Chris Christie was accused of blocking traffic on a bridge. Remember Bridgegate and the Democrats went 24-7 on how could he do this? What if there was an ambulance of someone trying to get to a hospital and that person died that That death is on Chris Christie's hands. You now have people blocking entrances to airports and buildings and chanting things like this. So it's all about from the river to the sea and occupation. And it's allowed to continue. These feel like practice. These feel like rehearsals. Times Square on Sunday evening is going to be watched, I think, this year more than recent years. And it's it's not because Ryan Seacrest has a has a new program he's putting together or not because Anderson Cooper And uh, Andy, what's-his-name, are going to do more shots of tequila than previous years. 
It's because the the possibility, the likelihood of an attempt of a protest or attack on the New Year's Eve celebration is higher than it's ever been. The probability, the likelihood is higher than it's ever been. And what did New York City's mayor agree to? What did New York City agree to recently? Restrictions of what the police could do. The crowd control techniques that they used during the Black Lives Matter uh, riots have now been outlawed. And I think the city actually had to pay millions to these, these grifters. So I'm very nervous about that. Uh, we still have more things to get to today. Plenty, plenty more topics to get to. Uh, some interesting audio from, uh, well, uh, I have Jonathan Turley's take on, on what happened in Maine. And uh, there, there is uh, more Democrat hypocrisy spotlighted by James Comer. And, of course, your calls always welcome. 888-630-9625, 888-630-9625. Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's a funky Friday on the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka in for my friend Chris Plant. Get ready to celebrate the new year, the new year, New Year's Eve. I get irritated when people say, Happy New Year's. No, it's a single year we're, we're marking here, Happy New Year. But it is New Year's Eve. I know, I'm a little grammar obsessed. Uh, we are trying to get to everything today. There are some new comments about the the border problems that have come to Chicago and Denver and New York. And we'll hear from some of those mayors. Uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson in Chicago, his hair is particularly pointy today. I will tell you that. It's fascinating to me. I'm, I'm uh, hair focused on the mayor. I can't almost hear anything he says because I'm looking at the point on top of his head. But uh, many of you have decided to check in with us today and we welcome that. At triple eight six three zero nine six two five. Just be polite to Jasmine, because she is the best. Uh, let's check in with uh, Robert in Waldorf, Maryland. Hello, Robert. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Good morning. I, I just wanted, you know, being at New Year's Day is coming. I wanted to make a little prediction and see what the media thinks about it. Okay. I, I, I bet anyone ever take this bet twenty dollars, twenty bucks to you, Mister Opalco. Anything that Hunter Biden does, he could rob a bank tomorrow. The pardon is already signed and sealed in Joe Biden's desk today. Only a man who's seen the pardon would walk up to Capitol Hill, pull his pants down, and tell Congress to kiss his butt. He has to know. That's why he's so arrogant. You've never seen somebody as arrogant as this guy. 
So I would submit to anyone, before Joe Biden leaves office, whatever Hunter Biden is charged with, found guilty of, now and in the past, he will be pardoned, and it's already done. Any takers? I, I don't think you're going to get a taker on that because that's pretty uh, pretty likely. I think that's a lock bet, as the gambling world would say, and that's that's more likely than anybody knows. So that's why Joe's not too worried. But I do think uh, Representative Comer out of Kentucky and his committee have have maybe come up with a, a real irritation for the Biden crime family with this latest demand for information about what did Joe know about Hunter going to not show up for the the subpoena because that would be interference. That is almost certainly an impeachable offense, but it's going to be an irritation to this administration. It's a good wisdom there, Robert, but no, I'm not silly enough to take that bet because I think you're right, sir. Uh, thank you very much. Also, uh, yesterday, yesterday, Nikki Haley said that she would pardon Donald Trump if she's elected day one. Day one. So if we're talking pardons, Nikki Haley played the pardon card yesterday while she was busy doing cleanup. Uh, Sam is in Pensacola, Florida. Hey, Sam. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's an honor to speak to you. I think you're a great replacement for Chris when he's away. Thank you, sir. I had just a couple quick things to say. Remember when Trump, uh, I think it was Christmas time, Maybe it was the government shutdown. There was some issue going on, but I believe he stayed behind at the White House and worked. Oh, yeah, more than once. More than once. Yeah, more than once. This is the third year of the Biden family leaving the White House to go to uh, a vacation in St. Croix. But now, uh, Sam, I'm going to play both sides of this because I try to be fair. I, I can't always be really fair. But the White House travels with the president. You know, you can pretty much be president anywhere you are because of the support team is with you. However, the optics of being at the White House on the job, I think, are important to the nation. And right now, I think our country needs a leader who not only does the job, but stands up and shows you they're on the job. And this guy just ain't that guy. Just my thinking. Uh, I'd, I'd like to get to Alan in Chicago, but I think we're up against the time wall. So, Alan, hang on. We'll get to it. We'll also talk about what's going on in Chicago uh, because there uh, there is some uh, new audio out of Chicago as it relates to the migrant crisis. One of your aldermen dared to speak up. We'll uh, share it with you. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. It's Friday. I am in love with the idea of Friday. It's Michael Pelkin for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. Last Friday of the year. That went quickly. Really quickly. So many things to get to today. So many people saying stupid things. I'm watching the uh, network news all reporting on an intel memo that's been now made public saying Times Square is an attractive target if you're a terrorist. Seems like maybe we shouldn't be saying that. How about we just say we're ready for everything? I know they're going to use drones and dogs and there's going to be a lot of overtime. 
a lot of overtime. When the tree lighting happened a few weeks ago, there was a really good, a really good move by the NYPD to block the attempt to uh, commandeer that event by the pro-Palestinian protesters. Uh, they, they supporting the elimination of the state of Israel. And the NYPD was able to do, I think they were doing the kettling move, which now they're not allowed to do. So God knows what's going to go on. Say a prayer for, uh, for the country, not just New York City. Also monitoring the reaction, of course, to yesterday, the move I think is illegal, foolish, stupid, moved by the main secretary of state to block Donald John Trump from uh, the ballot, the primary ballot, and also keeping an eye on what's happening on the borders. And one of those one of those cities that is now waking up and going, hold on a second. This whole idea of bringing these people here, it's, it's going to make a problem for us. One of those cities is Chicago. And we'll get to the statements from a Chicago alderman in just a second. But I promised to Alan from Chicago, my old hometown, Chris's old hometown, that we'd get to him right after the break. Alan, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Hey, good morning, Mike, and happy new year. You know, uh, our adversaries understand one thing. If they work together, they will destroy us ultimately. And it bothers me that our NATO uh, alliance uh, is really weak because the Europeans spend 25 cents to every dollar we do on their own defense. They have a population of over 600 million people, nearly double ours. Though they're cowering to Russia, a $2 trillion economy with 130 million people, a very weak country. But Europe is weak. It's not willing to do what it has to to defend itself. And we continue to get pulled into wars, Vietnam and the wars we've seen through the last 30 years. Uh, Japan, as an example, spends one, uh, less than 1% of GDP on defense. You know, we have, uh, I believe, 11 uh, aircraft, uh, aircraft carrier battle groups. Europe has the Charles de Gaulle. I mean, it's time for them to ante up. And, uh, you know, I love Israel. I have relatives uh, who are Jewish. Uh, one of my family members, you might remember the motto where you always save more money, a car dealer. Um, it bothers me that uh, Israel is, is giving $3 trillion to Intel, and we're giving them $12.3 billion, uh, not trillion, billion, for their defense. If they could afford $3 billion to Intel, they can afford to use that for their freedom. Um, part of the deal with the money we give Israel, and, and this is kind of a, a lost point in many of these discussions, and this is my understanding. Sorry? It supports our defense industry, but it's not weapons that are available to us. You know, we're using surrogates to fight our enemies. That isn't necessarily a good thing. Our armament is very low. I have a nephew who's actually a, a major, a West Point graduate. <laughs> hey, we're running out of bullets, baby. Well, yeah, we, we are definitely, because of what we are doing in uh, Ukraine and shipping our munitions there. And Joe Biden signed two days ago another $250 million to Ukraine in uh, ammunition support and uh, armament support. So, yeah, there is a problem there. But it, here's, here's my take on, on Europe, Alan. I, I don't see them united at all. And the European Union, I, I think, has been a detriment to our connection to allies. You know, we used to have very strong connections to countries that are now beholden to the EU. And I think the EU has caused a little bit of a split between 
some of our alliances overseas. And it, it seems to have weakened that. And NATO's never going to come to our rescue, do you think? That's never going to happen. If something, no, they haven't. No, and they won't. They won't because they don't. I think the people today in those in those European countries don't actually understand what NATO was about because most of them weren't around when it was formed. And, and no one's teaching history anymore. So the NATO alliance and everybody's saying, well, or we'll invoke Article 5 if a NATO member is attacked. I don't think they understand NATO, much less respect it. It's an interesting dilemma. Uh, is Israel, I think, um, it, you, you brought up the defense end of things. Yeah, whatever money we send them, they have to support our defense industry by buying stuff from us. But there also is an innovation component to that. Anything they invent, we own 50% of the patent. So there is, there is an economic connection that benefits us to that. So it is a jobs program as well as a, uh, a technology innovation uh, investment, if you will. Just one of those. Yeah, but str- if, if Israel survives, that's really the point that we have to consider. True. Uh, you know, at the moment, they're being fired at. You know, I wouldn't check my email if somebody was firing at me. I would definitely arm myself and be ready to fight. And that's where Israel is right at the moment. And, uh, Michael, if I may, and, and I, I, if you have your permission, I'm in Chicago. We're being overrun by illegals. I knew a gentleman in Oak Park who worked for an organization from Central America who wanted to stop the flow. Why? You know, the median age in Guatemala is 20. It's nearly 40 here. It's a country of children. Countries of children cannot grow. That whole area in Central America is very, very young, you know, very, very poor, partly for that reason. Education, four years of education. We are bringing people into our country who are not prepared for the, the post-industrial America. They can make beds at the Holiday Inn. They can work in the kitchen at restaurants. But they're not doctors and lawyers and engineers. That's who we need. Yeah, that's an excellent point as to who's coming in. And first of all, we don't know who's coming in, Alan. We have no idea. They are. We don't, they know, are, what, we don't know what they. We don't know what they bring with them. My sister's a nurse who was in San Diego. They actually examined people who came in illegally for diseases that do not exist here. And we had a situation here in Chicago, and they're hiding it from us, of children that were sick or dying from diseases, cholera, malaria, doesn't exist here. Polio. It's coming. Well, that is that is the great worry. There was a huge story yesterday. I think it was, uh, I'll have to pull it. It might have been on Zero Hedge about the numbers of illegals here, the percentage. And we have no idea what they're carrying. And we're putting them on planes and buses in high-density travel situations where those those problems can multiply. Excuse me. And, and allowing them into our into our towns, our cities, our villages. But here's the other thing. is I'm going to play some uh, Chicago clips here in just a second. If the Democrats are, are now moving into phase two of this, and that is where they, they say, hey, we have a problem, but the, the problem is these people can't support themselves. It's unsustainable for us to just put them on the dole to pay for their housing, their schooling, and their food, etc. So we have to allow them to work. And if we allow them to work, we need to grant them citizenship. And that means they're going to vote. And mark my words, I, I'm, I'm, there's going to be a massive push to have amnesty, blanket amnesty, for as many of these people who cross the border as possible by August. 
And wouldn't that be just in time to get a whole bunch of new voters on the Democratic side of things? I do believe that's the end game for this. If they can't get two more states to create a permanent electoral majority, they can try and get numbers, especially in those cities that will help them. Alan, thank you. Very well-recent stuff. Uh, it's, um, It's infuriating to so many of us what's going on. And so we look at Chicago. And uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson, he of the pointy head, who is making the rounds on the media, he's becoming good television to the left. Brandon Johnson are telling us that, uh, you know, these migrants, well, everything is bad about this. Let's cut one, Michael. If we have it. Ah, we have computer issues. As buses continue to arrive in the city of Chicago and all over the country, the type of chaos that has been administered has left many of our local economies under a tremendous amount of duress. So we have local economies in Chicago and Chicago land. All the bedroom communities are now going to feel the stress and strain of this. Well, Democrats are actually standing up and saying, hang on, not just Brandon Johnson demanding the federal government do something. Alderman Brian Hopkins uh, stopped into CNN yesterday afternoon. We have people living in bus terminals at O'Hare Airport right now. We had 8,000 people living in the lobbies of police stations. We have tents, which won't work, by the way, for a climate like Chicago. If you lived your whole life in Venezuela, you're in for a shock if you think you can live in a tent in January in Chicago. And we have people that seem poised on the brink of, of having to do that. Uh, we need assistance to get them into permanent housing and permanent jobs if they're going to stay here. Yeah. Permanent housing, permanent jobs, permanent Democrat voters, kind of what it feels like. Um, Alderman Hopkins, um, not, not a smart guy. And I, I can say that because based on his understanding of history, he has a deficit in actual knowledge. This was Alderman Hopkins talking on CNN yesterday, uh, comparing the migrant crisis to Ellis Island. Our mayor of Chicago joined with the mayor of Denver and the mayor of New York, of course, you know, home to Ellis Island for all those years. It bears mentioning right now where you have these municipal government leaders, one from the state of New York, talking about the fact that migration has never been a municipal responsibility. All those years that Ellis Island operated, 60 years, 20 million immigrants came through and passed the Statue of Liberty. Not a single one of them got here and said, all right, I need help from the local municipal city. I need them to provide me with housing and cash assistance and food. This has never been a city responsibility. And for the federal government to advocate its duty now and make it one is unconscionable. Has he ever um, visited Ellis Island, I wonder, and sat through some of the videos explaining the history of Ellis Island. I I don't think he fully understands Ellis Island. And, you know, it's it's um, it's important for us to elect smart people. But, you know, he's a Democrat in Chicago, so he's already got an advantage. People will default to the D. Alderman Hopkins yesterday um, did claim to be a Democrat, but also threw some shade at Joe Biden. 
I'm a Democrat, but I'll say the Biden administration has absolutely dropped the ball. I, I'm not going to let them off the hook. They have they have left us in the ditch with this, and that's unacceptable. Wait a minute. The Democrats drove the immigration problem into the ditch? Isn't that one of the terms they always use against Republicans? I think so. Let's wrap up with uh, Hopkins talking about how this started as a trickle and has gotten a lot worse. When this crisis first started in Chicago, we had a trickle that led to a torrent. And now we're spending $300 million of our own funds. That's about 5% of our federal municipal budget to address a problem that didn't even exist a year and a half ago. Where's the federal government been? Where has the Biden administration been? You know, it's not too late to do the right thing, but every day that goes by, while we let the border remain open and while we let cities try to uh, to address this humanitarian crisis, um, it gets worse by the day. Um, and I've lost patience, as you could probably tell. Yeah, you sound like you're really mad. Uh, you're also incorrect. To say this problem didn't exist a year and a half ago, it didn't exist in Chicago. This problem of overwhelming immigration coming through our southern border and also a few through our northern border, but predominantly our southern border. This has been the problem experienced by the border states for the last three years when Joe Biden opened the gates and said, we're not going to stop people. We're going to give them a phone, a plane ticket, and a court date. And when they get somewhere, we're going to feed them, clothe them, educate them, put them up. And uh, now here we are. Five, seven, ten million people later. And you're just waking up to it, Alderman. Welcome to the party, pal. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. It is the Chris Plant Show on a Friday, last Friday of the year. We're going to try and get to as much as we can, and I see a huge lineup of calls. I'll try and get to them. We might do the lightning round, so be ready, be be prepared, be quick, be brief if you can. Brevity is, is the cousin of genius. I think that's an old Russian saying. I just saw something from my friend Jenny Terre at the Daily Caller News Foundation. We're talking about immigration. We're talking about the border, the swarms at the border. Would it surprise you to learn that the government, specifically the FBI, in conjunction with uh, the Border Protection Service, which is kind of a funny title, if they were DNA testing everybody that came across the border, that they were swabbing these people and mailing the test kits to the FBI... Uh, Jenny, who has done yeoman duty reporting at the border over the year, I think she even got some big news award for it earlier this year during one of those award ceremonies. Uh, Jenny just reported, it appears I have been accidentally put on an internal DHS email chain where officials discussed how to respond to the Washington Post about DNA testing migrants. So apparently the Washington Post was trying to dig into this. And in the emails, they say the FBI has a 15-month backlog on DNA testing and is running out of money for it. I reached out to Jenny. We might be able to get some more clarity on this. It, that's infuriating. That is beyond infuriating. 
They're DNA testing all these people. Why? Where's all that going? I know they're not even citizens here, which it bothers me because I think the government wants all of our DNA. But I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Who told you I was? Uh, let's try and get through some of these uh, calls real quickly. Al on Long Island, New York. Hello, Al. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Hey, Michael. How are you? I'm glad you're here. Well, you've got the floor, sir. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I I had um, come to America like in 1960. Okay. And, uh, you know, I came from Poland. And, you know, my family was sponsored. And uh, then also, you know, the, what had to be was where everybody had to have some someone who could help them get a job here in America, you know? Cause there what was, a concept. You know, we weren't aware, great, nobody was aware of any kind of welfare help of any kind or whatever. So, you know, like uh, we just came and, you know, like my father, he worked in a factory. He worked uh, caddying, you know, and, uh, you know, just kind of go from there. And, uh, you know, we managed. We did very well, you know, lived, lived the American dream. But, uh, you know, there was also health checks, you know, and uh, there's some that's just not not happening. I mean, greatest country in the world, you know, and uh, it's just it's a shame. Yeah, it feels like we're allowing it to slip away. Thank you, Al. I miss the Polish fair in Riverhead, Long Island. Thank you for calling. Chet in Linden, Virginia is on the phone. Chet, you've got the last call of this hour. Yeah, uh, I've been voting Democrat for the last 30, 40 years and paying taxes and everything, and I'm really disgusted with them. I'll never vote for another Democrat as long as I live because I'm not getting anything for free. These guys coming across the border get free phones. They can call anywhere they want. It's paid for. They get free transportation. They get free food, free health care, free everything. They get a, a Visa card for five grand. I didn't get yeah. a Visa card for five grand in the mail. I heard that uh, I heard about that five grand card. I haven't been able to verify that sheriff's claim. I'm still looking into that, but the other stuff is true. Free phone, free transportation, free food. It's not fair. It's not right, and we have to stand up to it. Thank you, Chet. Welcome, welcome to Common Sense. Opelka in for plant. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.